Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Fireteam Chat, IGN's Destiny Show. Trying to, I'm just doing weird intros today. <laughs> Welcome to the show today. CJ's here. What's up? Sean's here. Chomp, chomp. And Steven's here. What's up? And don't forget, you can watch first on IGN.com and then one day later on YouTube.com slash Fireteam Chat, unless I pass the edit off and accidentally everything goes to hell <laughs> and it gets published today early. And Oops. we cut the outro on accident. <laughs> we Thank did. you for joining us, everybody. Exactly. The I guard- love you win. The Guardians out was not a slight to Fran. Just we'll get that out of the way. It was yeah. not, hey, we're not doing it anymore. Absolutely just a mistake. Yeah. Uh, it was just just yeah, a, busy a poor note on my busy part way. to the editor trying some new process stuff here at IGN. Anyway, Festival of Loss is what we're going to be discussing today. We're going to talk about the Destiny 2 base game being free for the month of November and Last show we're going to talk about, last show we talked about Destiny 3. We're going to have that conversation again and get into the nitty gritty about what we would like to see from the sequel. And who knows what else CJ is going to bring up. You know what? Uh, you take it away from here, buddy. Uh, okay. So basically I looked at the comments. No, just kidding, Destin. Oh, you're going to let me throw it. All right. Let's have a quick chat. Destiny base game free, Destin, but only on PC. You forgot that little detail there. That mm-hmm. is a free part that's coming up because of BlizzCon. So uh, who's at BlizzCon right now? Duggan, Brian? Duggan and Brian Malkowitz. That's it. Nice, nice. Tom's covering it locally. So that's cool. Uh, it's funny. As we were talking about that amongst ourselves, we were wondering, it's like, oh, it's only for, I think, a couple weeks. Wouldn't it be cool if it was permanently free for all platforms, which is what I was kind of hoping for? You just want Destiny 2 to be free. The base game. On all platforms. That seems like a good business model. Do it, Bungie. I mean, here's the thing. We talk about games that do that, and right now, Bungie's obviously being compared to Fortnite a a, a ton. And so I think, when I wasn't sure if that was going to happen or not. That's an unfair comparison for Destiny. A- absolutely unfair comparison. Uh, but Fortnite is well, specialist. Yeah, Steven Ruse here. Uh, but it, it'd be interesting, I think, to see if that is something that they could do in the future. Uh, obviously, you think that that's probably not wise and would never happen ever. No, I mean, Activision is a company that is, let's be real, they don't have the greatest uh, track record with their audiences as far as like monetization models go. They... Whether or not that's fair or not uh, is your own sort of subjective call. But, I mean, like, they're out there to make money. They yeah. want to sell games. They want to make money off those games. Uh, giving away, like, a S- Destiny 2, especially, like, in a state that it's in right now where it's, like, really highly desirable and people are having a good amount of time with it, I think it's the type of thing you can only give away in a limited capacity. Right. And if the goal is to... If the goal is to generate interest, limited time offers like this where you have the ability to entice new audiences in with a you know, some time to try it out. Like that's the way to go about this. I think that's the right call. I think another game that does this and has done it recently is uh, for honor for honor did this and gave away the whole game basically for a limited window. Mm. So first of all, thanks Bungie for doing this. This is a really cool, cool thing to do for the community. You guys can hop in, check out destiny Two, see if you're into it. Uh, Take my refer a friend quest so we can play together and get that that cool new uh, gear. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, I like this. I don't really have a lot to say that's negative. Gambit's also going to be on all platforms from November 9th to 11th. Everybody's going to be able to play for free. Yep. All those all those days. So what I want to get into is why specifically PC, you think? Is it just because it's of because, BlizzCon? Because of BlizzCon. Yeah, and the anniversary, mm. like the PC and, launch. And they recently did that with PS4. Yeah, a little oh, they did. The game was free for a month. Yeah, PS4 yeah. was uh, – they had uh, Destiny for free for PlayStation Plus mm-hmm. owners. Yeah. yeah. And they were able to get Destiny. For I don't free. think it's been free on Xbox yet, right? It has not. It's low priced. Yeah. There's ways to get it for okay. cheap. Yeah. Yeah. For but sure. that, that is cool. It's funny. Now that it is available on PC for free, I actually might create uh, a couple other additional accounts for my little guys. Some of the reason why I've been playing yeah. with them, yeah, is because it was on free, you know, for PlayStation. So I'll probably actually get them account. The progression thing is still in the back of my mind. Just because yeah. it was on PC, I was thinking, Maybe crossplay in the future, not crossplay, cross save. Cross save. Um, yeah, crossplay is just yeah. I mean, that's I don't think in the cards, but cross like progression or cross save would be really really nice. Did you ever finish your campaign playthrough of D one with your kids? Uh, no. So I'm midway through the D one campaign, uh, and then I want to do the raids with them because I uh-huh. want them to have that opening when they <laughs> log into Destiny two, create their characters, oh, yeah. and then have all those like raid things to say, mm-hmm. oh, remember when you did this. Um, so that's the main reason why I'm holding off. But it sucks because I actually need them to be ready for Destiny two when Trials comes out. <laughs> oh yeah, because <laughs> I need to have like, a building your crew. trial squad. Yeah, like my own homegrown trials. Amazing. Yeah. So so I want to bring up your kids again. Uh, what's their favorite part of the story? Uh, it's weird. They're hunters. I made them yeah. be hunters. I think that they they like <laughs> the loot. They like the mechanics of it. Do it's, they have any idea what's happening in the story? That's a good question. I think they do. Know, you have any idea what's <laughs> happening in the story? I did Destiny Dar- Five. So Darkness. I have an idea. Darkness. Yeah. Uh, no, their biggest thing is the funny part is actually listening to them talk about things that are available in Fortnite and then making that comparison. Oh, there, there's there's a loot pickaxe in Fortnite called the Icebreaker, and they're like, "Oh, Dad, there's an icebreaker in Fortnite," and I looked at it, and it's just this shovel. And I was like, that is not the icebreaker. Uh, so it's interesting to hear them compare like, oh, the purple's legendary. This is better than the blue and all that. Well, Fortnite does this. And I'm like, no. Emotes were in Destiny. This has been around. And like, you know, color's been around since WoW. So color, can... color has been around since WoW. Well, well the color like, <laughs> like designations. Yeah. Color's uh, been around <laughs> since a long time. The designation of like Maybe that, how since forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we know your whole tears. things weren't in black. Oh, uh, you lighter. know. But it's, but it's weird. Yeah. When you're talking to kids about, you know, hey, emotes have been around a lot longer than Fortnite and drawing those comparisons. Yeah. It's pretty fun to watch them play it though. Kind of cool to hear that perspective. Hopefully yeah. they get to hop into this Destiny 2 <laughs> base game for free and yeah. check it out. Yep. Uh, this is good, right? Like, yeah, this is this a good is thing good. for them to do. Yeah. yeah definitely. Let's talk about something the community hasn't been enjoying. So there was a Festival of Lost Quest that is gated, and a lot of people aren't happy about that. Personally, I think whatever. It's a thing that you can optionally do. It's going to take us a few weeks to do. But uh, I wanted to get the opinion of everybody at this table and hear what you guys thought. Stephen, you absolutely hated it, and you hate Bungie for doing this, right? <laughs> that is over-exaggerated. <laughs> I'm not a fan of time-gated quests. I, I think okay. I think what the problem with the – with the time gate quest is it was hyped up and everyone wanted to see who killed master Ives and everyone was excited to do it. And then what happens is you go to Amanda holiday. She talks, she talks to you about Ives and then you either buy five Ingrams from the cryptarch or you kill a bunch of yellow enemies at the EDZ. 10 Ingrams. And then, or you just go buy. Oh yeah. 10 Ingrams. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then you have to wait a week and they said in the TWAB that it's a three week quest. And honestly, I think if it wasn't time gated, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't matter how bad the quest is in terms of content. If it mm. wasn't time-gated and you could finish it, 
at your own pace, then I don't think the community would have been so negative about it. So wait, swinging that the other way, like mm-hmm. if it was something that was like really extensive and like it took a lot of engagement and was like really robust quest, okay. like would you be more forgiving if it was time gated? Yeah, probably yeah, on, on on the counterpoint. Yeah, definitely. But this is just, I mean, it's Festival Lost, right? We're not expecting like this elaborate quest. I want a masterpiece. <laughs> 10 out of 10 quests. That's yeah. what I want. It's a, free, it's a free quest. And I I think a lot of people, what they didn't understand is it wasn't at the start of Festival Lost. We waited two weeks and then it was time gated. And now we have to wait again for a weapon that is supposedly Thunderlord. Well, we don't know. And so here's, supposedly. here's what I'm picking up and again it does constantly feel like uh, this expectation that's not being met we don't know what the remaining steps of the quest are we don't even know what the item is we have no idea so a lot of this is speculation and it is based just off oh i have to wait around for this thing now it's not it got revealed at festival loss but it's not tied to it correct no i don't believe it's tied to. so that's what for me was the issue as well that i didn't understand they did make it sound like this was going to only be available or during happening during festival of lost and it seems like you know you can pick it up during but can you potentially pick it up at the end of festival of loss like it's not only going to be oh if you don't log into festival of loss and do this thing you're never going to be able to get this quest right mm-hmm. so don't think. I, I don't understand what the big deal with yeah marketing with festival of lost if they were going to mm. get it and it does feel like another communication issue more so than you know yeah. i mean we were talking about this earlier let us know what the big deal is internet at cj gibson on twitter <laughs> yeah. at gibson films on twitter oh there it is cj <laughs> you and i were talking about this early i i don't have an issue with time gated things time gated items like zur or the uh, whisper of the worm yeah because that's technically not a quest it's like you can only do it on the weekend you just have to proc the heroic public event and stuff like that but when a quest is time gated like if i want to complete this quest in one sitting for whatever reason. And like let's say I'm out of the country next week or whatever. Like I should be able to complete that quest at my own pacing. Right. You have to remember Whisper mm-hmm. isn't only weekly gated. Whisper is elemental type gated. So if you want to complete the Whisper quest. That's for the ship. For the ship. Mm-hmm. Then you have to get the specific elemental damage. Yeah. which So if you do it every week, it will take you minimum three weeks to complete. Mm-hmm. But see like that – I don't have problems with that because that's an item. It's not a quest. Right. So. It's weird. So I want you to explain the differentiation because when you say that, I had the conversation with you and I mm-hmm. understand why for you is it such a big deal that the event is a quest versus an item or what you're saying. So like it's a multi it's a multi step quest, right? Yeah. Which which is what a quest is. Like after you complete these five separate steps, you get an item. Yeah. That is what I consider a quest. Whisper of the Worm is on the weekends you have a chance to obtain this item. Right. And that is fine with me. But it's not – yeah. So you're not classifying that uh, as a quest mm -hmm. even though you get a reward from doing activity. A quest should be something that in your opinion is never time-gated because you want to be able to do it when you want to do it when you're progressing in the game, period. Correct. Unless it's it's like a multi-faceted, very intense quest like Sean was talking about. Yeah, it's it's really – Which they've only done with Sleeper so far. It's really interesting for me to hear you talk about this because if we think about it, Stephen, you and I sort of align on the raid philosophy. Like, yes, you need to have a challenging aspect yeah. to get into the raid and compete day one, right? Mm-hmm. However, eventually you run out of engrams that you can get after you've done everything and therefore you have to like do a second character or do these things. But in this case, you're saying 
I guess there is no way to progress. There are always little ways you can progress for raid stuff, but this seems like an overall philosophy at Bungie mm-hmm. of uh, locking you out at a certain point from easier progression. Until the next reset, correct. Yeah, yeah. you sort of have to – like they need to have players incentivized to come back every week, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's a thing that needs to happen. Um, and – I mean, that's yeah, yeah. The, like, how do you balance that? I that's guess, the biggest question. one. Like, that yeah. to me was like what I said. I was like, I don't know if I like it or dislike it or have like an intense reaction either way. But I think they're obviously doing it to engage people to come back mm-hmm. week after week. And we don't know what else they have planned after Festival of Lost. Mm-hmm. And there's obviously a transition into the next DLC a little bit too, which you know they're probably trying to yeah bridge that gap between you know Forsaken launch and everything that you're doing early on to when the next DLC is being released. Yeah. I mean, I understand the thought process behind time gated quest, but let me ask you guys this. Um, I've done a lot, like I've done basically all that you can do in destiny too. So there's not really much for me to do besides festival loss in this quest. Mm -hmm. What is the difference between me spending three hours completing this quest or me spending an hour each week Completing the quest. Weeks. Yeah, for yeah. three weeks. B- because you're more incentivized to spend money on microtransactions. <laughs> well, that, that's... that might be a consideration that well, they have analytics. Well, that's, up. that's a different, yeah. that's a different topic. But to say, like, I've gotten most of the Eververse stuff and I haven't spent a dime yet. Like, yeah. what they did with the system is really good. I'm really curious why they would implement it this way. Like, mm-hmm. do I think it's a good design choice? No, I would rather as a player, be able to hop in and do whatever I prefer yeah. at the pace that I like. Cause like I've been moving for like two weeks, like this whole process of moving out of an apartment and do a new one. I do not have a lot of time to be playing everything. Like I wrap my red dead production and then it's just been moving. And now I'm finally going to be settled next week. I'm going to have a little bit of time to play destiny and finally be <coughs> able to jump in. And if this is all that there is for me to do and I can't progress through it, that that's, I'm going to stop playing. I'll play something else. Yeah, and I'll and I'll bring up another point. Like CJ said, we don't know the next steps of the quest. Like it could be tied into something. I don't really have a problem with um, what they're doing with the Dreaming City. Like you guys know how there's different cycles, right? Yeah, curse week. The curse is weak, strong. Yeah. I don't have a problem with time gate things like that. But like, do you guys remember in Destiny One the first curse, the exotic hand cannon? One of the steps was you complete the quest, like mm-hmm. you finish the quest, and then you wait, and you have to wait for Banshee to receive it from. From wherever he's getting. And it happened at reset. Yeah, and you have to wait until the next reset. <laughs> yeah. Because you he needs the shipment. Like like that What's like the philosophy that like, why, see like right? I don't I don't agree with that at all. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a matter of implementation, right? Like I don't think that anyone is against timed quests just in general. I mm-hmm. think it's a matter of how the time quest is implemented. Exactly. Like yeah. if it's if it's a time quest and it's throttling progression for no apparent reason. I yeah. think that might be frustrating. I can see why that would be frustrating. Yeah, especially if it's like you've gone through the game and that's all you have to do, and something that you don't control at all is stopping you from moving yeah. forward. I can see how that'd be frustrating. Yeah, I mean, if it's throttling in the in just for the sake of extending <clears throat> your play time throughout a month, that yeah. that is frustrating. Or even I got to ask you a question, Sean. Yeah, it's about World of Warcraft. Yeah, did they do this? Yeah, so that's what I was going to say is there are a lot of timed quests in World of Warcraft, yeah. right? Like so for instance, uh in Battle of Azeroth right now, yeah. They they've done this whole thing where uh the horde, like one of the factions and the other faction who are competing for control over this neutral Bless territory. Bless you. Thank you. Uh they're competing over control of this neutral territory and each faction has a whole week to spool up resources as a like as a whole faction, like thousands and thousands of players. Uh 
build up their armies, build up a fortress, and then attack this location. And then it switches off after that. So that during the uh, during that week, if you're on the other team, the other faction, you're kind of doing other objectives and stuff. And so basically, these are a, it's a version of timed quests, right? You're locked out for a week, and then your time is up, and mm-hmm. you, you go do these quests, and you fight the horde or the alliance, depending on which side you're on, for control of this like basin, right? Like faction rallies. Sort of, sort except of. they're way, way more robust. Yeah, and there's a lot to do. You know, it takes, mm-hmm. you know, it's like 20 player. It's it's crazy. There's, it's like very in-depth. The point is uh, there are implementations in World of Warcraft and in other games where I think time quests actually add to the experience. But is it, in none of those cases are does do the players feel like locked out of something. They don't feel like throttled by it. Right. It's more a matter of like it ties in with the narrative or uh, delaying it is – part of the quests in some way like narratively i think that's the proper way to do that is there a time where time quests are good like a time that you have actually enjoyed them because i can't think of a single time where i'm like yeah i'm so glad i gotta stop playing well i mean like so black spindle that was a timed quest right Mm -hmm. both in terms of it took you had to do it in 10 minutes or whatever but also it didn't unlock to a certain point destiny one i I like the timed right destiny one or destiny two yeah. I mean, when did it come out again? <laughs> to, again. to clarify, Black Spindle was Destiny one. You had you had a you had to like have rough. it was part of a strike. Yeah, you had to have that was always there, but it unlocked. Well, the you got it in the raid, right? right? No, it's the daily story mission, yeah. and you had to get yes. that daily story mission, which is, and then you had a you had to do a strike, right? Which was a normal strike, and then at some point you took a right instead of a left. Off. You get right, all right. these taken. Yeah, you get the weapon right as soon as you finish it. But people had really done cool. that before, yeah, and it was only after a certain amount of time. So, so I mean, it become available to people, right? Yeah, that's how that worked. Yeah. I think that's a pretty cool implementation. I remember I like people that. really liking that quest. So the incentive, I guess, then, I mean, and again, it's weird to think like from a player standpoint versus Bungie, which I, I mean, again, everybody knows, feels like I'm defending them all the time. It's not. I'm actually usually trying to think why are they doing it, and it does create urgency. So from that standpoint, especially if the weapon's really good and it is a time gated thing. Or if it only comes in certain times and then maybe it goes away and then you got to wait for like you know it to become the daily mission again, yeah, it creates this okay, this massive Reddit thread or communities. We got to get in there. It's the weekend to do this. Even with the drops for Escalation Protocol, those are the kind of things, right? Like, yeah. I, I think. Par- Sorry, were you? Doing? No, yeah, I mean, thinking about those moments, like I understand if it's a creating urgency thing, but in this situation, the reason why I'm saying Stephen, it's too early to judge. We don't know what the remaining steps are and. You know, without that, I think it's kind of hard to have the discussion and fi- like actually say whether or not we like it or dislike it overall. But well, yeah, I think but. the design of the quest thus far is lacking. You yeah. go to an NPC, she talks to you. Oh, yeah. You go to a planet, you shoot some stuff, quest on, or you just buy the engrams if you have the resources to burn. Yeah. I and mean, I think that's the issue most people have with it currently. We'll have mm-hmm. to see what step two is. And if the reward's some grandiose thing that unlocks, uh, that it's just going to be like, do you remember that? terrible quest line if, like <laughs> no, say we, we got thunderlord at the end of this yeah yeah i talked to amanda i got the thing then i shot some yellow bars or i bought some engrams yeah. you know that's that's not a memorable experience and uh bungie's better better at creating memorable moments like yeah. that. do you remember getting galhorn yeah in awesome. rise of iron yeah doing the side mission that was super cool that, yeah. that was really cool you put it back together yeah. yeah yeah putting it back together getting weapon and then when you that's finally do stuff. assemble it it slays because yeah. it's yeah. galhorn yeah. And, yeah, and even exactly. the pvp they introduced the pvp map where you actually get, go mm. to it at the end and that was pretty cool too like they haven't really done much of that oh we were talking about that actually one time with Taken King, getting mm-hmm. the actual 
uh, your supers, you know, and you were saying that you love the Tevis one with the hunter bow. You oh, went yeah. back to the PVP maps again, and they were different for each character. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, stuff like that is cool. I mean, they haven't leaned into too much of that this time around. I, I kind of wish they would maybe a little bit more. Definitely. Let's move on to Destiny 3. Another one of our topics that we started discussing last week was Destiny 3 and sort of these rumors that were going around. So we're going to continue that conversation and talk about some of the things we would like to see happen with the sequel or a proposed conundrum that you're thinking about in your brain. Yeah. Let's talk about Destiny 3 and where we want it to go. Well, I think what's weird is that, again, these were rumors and who knows if, if they're in production or how they're going to change or whether or not – what was being said last week will actually carry through to Destiny 3. The biggest conversation that I saw online was that, you know, would you come back to Destiny 3 if it was just, hey, here's another Destiny game. Your vault blew up a third time or a second time. Now you have to get it all over again. Would you guys like that? Or the question that I'm wondering for you guys, would you maybe like it to take the prequel territory and maybe we go into a different time space or before what we're doing now? I think they're going to do a book-type system where we get to keep weapons from D1 and D2 if we played for that long. Ooh. Like, I, I think they, they're going to do something like that because they're well, going to learn from their mistakes, hopefully, right? But where you, you think that they'll track what you obtained in the two games and then make a third game that incorporates all those into your character, that in, progression carries forward? In some way. If it, if it doesn't, then I there's enough weapon overlap with destiny one and destiny two that at least those products would. And I yeah. think that would be a smart way to do it. Like, okay, you don't have your vault stuff, but if you really want your weapons from D two, you can buy them from a collections type book. And it would be great if it launched with that launched Bungie launched with that. <laughs> not like a year later where you add vault space and everything. I mean, like launch with the stuff that we've come to expect and enjoy with destiny two. Don't, yeah. Make a new game from scratch. I mean, that's, yeah, I think yeah. that's a huge question is that I think people were surprised that they knew that the, the vault exploding was coming. So we, we had that moment. You and I, I think we did it for a while. I remember when Deej revealed it and we were like, Oh, you're right. But when we started like, you know, getting involved in doing the streams and all the rest of that stuff, we were like, Oh, the vault is exploding. Yeah. It's all going away. Like there was time for you to actually process. Oh, I'm not going to start up Destiny 2 and expect it to be all the stuff that I had from Destiny 1 carrying over. Um, it was a long conversation, I think, initially, internally, I bet, whether or not to do, and we kind of asked them about that, do you carry through Destiny 1 into Destiny 2, or do you create a new game with a new number on the box? And we've compared that to WoW and a bunch of things over the years. How do you actually do that now when it feels like people want the progress to carry through? I mean, I don't think it's a matter of, I think you can do both. I think you can build a game that expands the systems and the mechanics that are in the game now in a unique and interesting way, take that same opportunity to change stuff that maybe wasn't working and build out what is a true full-blooded, full-featured sequel, but still have either weapons or narrative or character choices, although those don't really play a factor in Destiny, part of the experience, right? Like, I am not... I'm of two minds on the whole inventory thing. Like, I'm not really the type of player who was so sad that I couldn't bring my D1 weapons over to D2. I'm just not who I am. So interruption for real quick. Some of them are weapons, though, and others are actual purchases. And I think there's a combination of concern with you spent money and these things go away. If it was only weapons and armor and you didn't pay any money for it, I think people would be fine. But when you invest like money in lose your game, shaders and yeah, and you lose everything that you've paid for, then that creates a different conversation. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know that that's a... I think that's more on the purchaser slash the audience person, right? Like, I don't think Bungie is beholden to, 
like if they if you bought a bunch of stuff in Destiny two and they release Destiny three, whatever it is, I don't actually think that Bungie's obligated to make sure those purchases carry over, right? Yeah. Like to take a totally like to take a totally separate perspective on this, like how many times have you bought Super Mario? Yeah, on a different platforms, dozen times. Literally, yeah. like 20. I have it on everything. Yeah, I have it on literally every everything, platform, right? Yeah, and everyone's always saying like, I bought it once on a digital platform. Why can't that digital copy expand to all of the Nintendo things I ever buy? Like it that does on smart, Xbox. Right? Yeah, right. That would be smart. Yeah, but the truth is like Nintendo isn't <laughs> obligated to do that for people because yeah. they know that they'll continue to buy it on whatever platform, right? And that makes yeah, them money. That's a good analogy, dude. Uh, so all I'm saying is like, I think that as a consumer, if you're going to buy stuff in Destiny, you may have to be okay with the idea that it won't carry over to the game, even if it's something you bought. Yeah. Although, like I said, if I bought something and it was available in the sequel, that would be really nice. That'd be a cool feature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think you got to be wary that it may not be something that the devs necessarily think is important. Yeah. I think. Sorry to finish up. Uh, I would think it would be cool if we could still have access some way uh, to the stuff that we've come to really, really love, like. The exotics and stuff that we worked really hard for carried over, like yeah. some of that stuff, having that accessible, like after you've completed the main campaign or something, by the like a kiosk or whatever, yeah. that could still be cool. And I think you could do that without compromising the idea of building out a brand new game. I gotta say, uh, I'll let you go with yours in just a yeah, second, Stephen. But I think overall, Destiny is not the magical experience that it was when it launched. There's no more mystery anymore. Destiny and I, one or two. Destiny 1. Destiny 1. Yeah, so when before Destiny 1 launched, everyone was curious. They had these ideas about what it would be, a space adventure or such. Yeah. And I think there's definitely brain fatigue from that perspective. We have Anthem coming out this year that's also going to be in the same similar sci-fi type space. Mm-hmm. We have Destiny, sim- similar. We get the idea. You shoot a lot of stuff repeatedly. And uh, that loop is what we get. Uh, scorched Earth. Yeah. that's. I, th- <laughs> I think we need something drastically new while retaining the gameplay aspects. And it's not an easy t- – it's easy for me to sit here and say here's yeah. what we need. But it's going to be really difficult for them as designers to harness that imagination of their community again. And I don't know if they can do that with D3. That That's a good point. Like that is what I'm seeing in some of the comments. That's the reason why I said like what do you think it should be an evolution that is either a prequel or completely departs. Like some of the people I think if you look from D1 to D2 were like – it's the same monsters. We have the same three classes. Yeah. We have the same Vex and Hive and this and that. And that's not a bad thing. Those things are all really well fleshed out. So there's the lore side of things where people go, oh, I'm glad that those things are, you know, there's a lore and you need to respect that and keep that in, in the consideration. But then there's other people. And I think what you're saying is it all feels the same. How do you create those feelings that we had in Destiny 1 again? And I agree. I think it is very challenging. We've been doing this show for four years and I've been shooting Fallen and Vex and and uh, high sure. for four years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and <laughs> daily. Think, yeah, but that's not, yeah. I don't think that's much of an issue. Oh, okay. but in World of Warcraft, don't you get an evolution of enemy types? You get an evolution of all sorts of things, right? But I don't think that you have to recreate they, the game in order to do that. They've done that, though. They literally scorched the earth. They yeah, changed that, everything. That's actually in the not world. been, I would argue, that's not been good for Destiny. For a while, you mean? For a while. I'm well, talking about WoW because WoW does it. They're constantly evolving mm, their product, right? And I don't yeah, think I think but Destiny could do of, a better job of that. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I would agree there. Yeah. Sorry, let's. Yeah, what I mean, way in here, Stephen. Before there, we get there are so many levels to this topic, right? Like yeah. you're gonna have people divided on each side. Like there is no right answer. You have people who are playing Destiny two right now. It's like, what is the point of me grinding for all these things if it just if it's just gonna wipe at yeah. Destiny three, right? Yeah. And then you have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, to preface, I don't mind if all our 
crap gets full, like looted because Devru. because part I can't of wait me, to get last word again. <laughs> well, that's yeah. the other thing I was going to talk about. Yeah. But to me, a lot of the excitement, and the joy, I, uh, enjoyment I get from Destiny is getting all this loot and progressing and getting like starting with nothing, starting the with white weapons, yeah, powering yeah. up and like getting these weapons. I'm like, oh, I got this gun yesterday. What'd you get? Blah blah blah. Yeah, the Things Metroid like philosophy, right? Yeah, take it all away. Power back up. Exactly. Bad guys. Yeah. And then if you think about it, if you do keep all the weapons and items we have now, how does that look like to someone who's just coming into Destiny 3 for the first time? Mm-hmm. Someone that didn't play Destiny 1, didn't play Destiny 2. It's like, you know what? I didn't hear great stuff about Destiny 2, but I want to give Destiny 3 a try. Oh, yeah. Well, we already have all this stuff because we play Destiny 1, Destiny 2. Like, mm-hmm. that's a huge turnoff, in my opinion, to yeah. someone who's just trying to get in. And I think Bungie and Activision know that. Which is why they kind of want to wipe the slate clean, in my opinion. Yep. You also have to think, um, to your to your points behind with a book and everything. You we can't if you're a PC player, you can't link your D1 account to your D2 PC account. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I yeah. think because of how they added the PC platform, mm-hmm. I don't think we're we're necessarily going to touch D1 ever again. Maybe just I, I don't think they can. I mean, it's uh, not possible though. Logistically, all of your accounts are tied through Bungie Net. Right. Yeah, yeah, so, it like, would be possible to reference possible. those things, but then there, then there's like the Xbox versus PlayStation yeah. thing because it's they're two separate publishers, and they sure. already it took I'm them it took them forever to yeah. play. It's, it's definitely not true. It's well, look how long it took Fortnite answer. just to get crossplay. Yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. I mean, there there is no right answer and there is no easy answer, but I think if you look at it from a player that's just going to start D three for the first time, it is kind of a turnoff to see all these players that have all these weapons, have all these exotics. And then, you know, like some of those exotics might not be good in D3 or whatever like mm-hmm. that. But some I think, aren't good in D2 that were from D1. Exactly. Yeah. And I think I think what players just don't want is we lose our all our loot and then we just get the same loot back plus a couple of yeah. new guns. If that happens again, I'm just going to be like, oh, who cares? Yeah, because then it's just you like, know. oh, we just got, I don't know, we got, what's what's an exotic? Uh, we got a... Uh, Maya. Uh, Celestial Nighthawk and Mida for th- yeah. like three games in yeah. a row. Like no one wants to see that. Yeah. Plus we don't know the story. Like if if it does wipe clean, like how is it going to wipe clean? Is it a prequel? Then obviously we won't have anything, right? What if you got Mida again, yeah. but there's some uh, sort of new weapon system involved where you have to repair it to get it to its, you know, like what if those deeper RPG mechanics that were rumored last and, week yeah. are implemented to those exotics? So yes, yeah. you can reacquire them. Yeah. But you still got to do this whole quest line. And that's also what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for a drastically new system, really deeper RPG elements. I, I want to really focus and invent, invest my time into one gun for like hours and hours and hours, correct? Yeah. Like I want to feel attached to the PVL, uh, PV side of the Destiny. And that's weird because, I mean, we brought up that conversation <coughs> a little bit last week as well too, like the PVP and the PVE side. And, oh, boy. Yeah. Well, there we go. No, <laughs> but, I, but I think it's it, it merits. Like I'm not saying I think that PVP is more important or PVE, but – People don't like to have quests that cross into that intertwine, that yeah. intertwine each other. The PvP guys don't want to grind PvE, and the PvE guys don't really want to grind PvP to get or be locked out of some of these things. Um, again, like you said, I don't know the answer. I don't know if it's simple. Uh, everything that you said there, I think, Stephen, is really valuable. The other piece that is always kind of in the back of everybody's mind is development. PC obviously has a different platform that's probably fairly easy to scale. Is the next game going to be on PS4? I would oh, think or so. PS5. Or, or PS5, right? And well, so well, here's how does that thing. work, right? That game has to be in 60 FPS. It has to be. 
Oh God, it dude! I see well, I know, but in our lunchroom we have a bunch of Xboxes set up for context, and uh, there's this guy Travis who's playing regularly. Yeah, and it's yeah, at Travis. thirty, and I'm like, "What's wrong with your game?" <laughs> I ask and him, I'm not saying that I to be mean or anything. You're like You're just that. saying that to be an elitist. <laughs> yeah, right? it, it looks weird because <clears> I've been <throat> playing at sixty on PC for a year now. Yeah, you do adapt going back, but definitely for PvP, you feel it a lot, those frames. Like, it is a different game. Yeah, I mean, but, like, you're going to have to think, if Destiny 3 does come out, it's going to come out in two... He's playing on an S. Two, also. three years, right? Yeah. Potentially. Well, 2020 is what, quote, quote, okay. the rumor was. Well, 2020, so, then. Two years. So, two years. Like, is it going to run on a day one Xbox, one X? Oh, like, it'll run on an X, and it'll run on whatever the next generation is. So, like, is like imagine right? the marketing, like, oh, Destiny 3... You have to play on this platform, like minimum, right? It's like yeah, it'll be no PlayStation. Right like at well, this point, Activision and Sony are like together. Yeah. You know, but like, we we talked about this though, how Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 supported Destiny almost all the way to the end, up until about mm-hmm. Rise of Byron. So even when you look back at what PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 were able to do with the original Destiny, yeah. it is amazing that that game ran on that as good as it did. But it does seem like naturally PlayStation 5 will be out and yeah it seems well, what i was saying is like that's a completely different console right a playstation 3 yeah. and a playstation 4 but if you, it's like a playstation uh or xbox one x and an xbox one xs mm-hmm. and you can't run it on the x i don't know oh, i can yeah. see people saying yeah. like it's gonna be like what the heck it's gonna i mean be a really interesting time frame for it to release yeah i mean it's interesting not just because destiny is one of these games that spans multiple platforms and multiple generations in some cases but like because there seems to be a shift away from seven or six year console generations and more to iterative consoles over yeah. every two or three years we get a marginal or sort of not negligible but marginal upgrades right between performance upgrades and, yeah, dude. and we stuff. talk about this in yeah. the office all the time at some point it's gonna be like hey your standard xbox can't run this yeah so. at some point and it's like mm-hmm. so is that technically a different generation now or is it all just iterations like it's actually yeah. kind of strange like how developers are going to tackle that i don't really know yeah but what i do know is that like similar to world of warcraft the mechanics and this and the systems that were in the base game like the very first World of Warcraft from 2004, those are still in. They still make up the foundation for the games that we're playing now. Right. The systems have gotten bigger. They've gotten more fine-tuned. They've gotten more streamlined and concise in times. Things have gotten more complicated. Other things have gotten more simple. But the ideas behind the systems haven't changed, Mm -hmm. and that's because they got them right the first time. I think Destiny 2 is in a really great spot right now where it struck a great balance between PvE activities, PvP activities, weapon balance, and hardcore and casual gameplay. Like, everyone is happy with what is in the game right now for the most part. Before Forsaken, I agree with that, yeah. I think that if you wipe the slate clean, and I'm not just talking about it in terms of weapons, I'm talking about narratively, systems-wise, mechanics-wise, and you bring a brand-new Destiny game, you run the risk of making those same mistakes that it took, that that we, that they made twice now in Destiny yeah. 1 and then they, in the beginning of Destiny 2 again. And players shouldn't have to suffer through those things to get to a playable or good state the way they have. Like, take what you've learned at this moment and build it into something bigger and better for D3. Yeah. And not yeah. start over. Don't start over again. Interesting. Yeah. Like what I said, you you said you're sick I and said tired scorched of, earth. Yeah. Well, yeah, you said scorched earth in terms of like weapon or you know weapon types or but enemies and stuff. They have I that actually, base, right? Yeah. I don't mind. Like I don't I, I don't say throw away the fallen and the vex and the cabal or whatever. Right. Like I say, change. Them. How about give me a location that's the cabal home planet? 
and then explore that narratively. Like yeah. there's way more to mine in the universe that I think people give the universe credit for. And as a player, that's what I'm interested in. Is I want to know more about what I'm doing and why I'm doing it, the context of the universe. There's still stuff from Destiny 1 that we have not had answered narratively. Right. Let's dive into what the darkness is. Like, where did the Traveler come from? What was humanity doing before the collapse? Like, these are all things that I think that you could do uh, in, a prequ- in a prequel narrative but still have the same gameplay. And then in terms of the gameplay, add in – you're right. We've been playing the same three classes. Boom. Brand new class. Yeah. How about – Three new classes. And yeah. guess what? Now they're not interchangeable. Uh, six new subclasses, right? One per new class. Like the game gets bigger, more abilities, more RPG mechanics. That makes the game more fun and robust while, while not changing the core of what it is now. I do agree with you in that respect. And that's more what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say you need to recapture everybody's imagination again. That's what I think they need to do to be successful. I want to ask you guys to, uh, if you guys are done making your points, do you want them to expand on all the loot and gear we have right now? Or would you just want to see it all gone? I need new stuff. Hey, I'm in the gear pool. I think the loot table for me feels a little thin, right? Yeah. It, it, it's weird. Looking at the comments, I feel people want to take all their things mm. from Destiny 2 yeah. in, into 3. Like there, there's that real <coughs> conversation. For me personally, I would rather less loot and more loot that caters to PvE. And then there's a separate like branching path on the same weapon that is like PvP. So if you're in PvP, it works like this and it's kind of all tuned and balanced. But then if you want to play PvE, that same weapon has all these perks and do, does crazy things. Yeah. Well, so, but so at the start of D3, do you want your D2 loot or no? I mean, I, I actually think I agree with no. what you were saying. Yeah, that from a D3 product standpoint, because it's not – and this is where I go back to a 10-year cycle thing. Psychologically, I think they're still battling that. Oh, the game was supposed to last we're, 10 years. People, I think, yeah. initially thought – Where are we at? Year five? People are past that. Yeah, we're at like year four to they five. should be. Yeah. But, but, I mean, that's the messaging thing, right? That's what people went into Destiny believing. So now you're right. I see it as like a console product in a way, and I don't expect it to evolve. And I think Destiny 3 will be a completely new game. So D2 is going to go through another year at least. 2020, we get D3, and we will continue the conversation in future episodes of Fireteam Chat. We have to wrap it up today, though. Thank oh, you, there we go. everybody who joined me on the show today. Thanks for not cutting Thanks, me off. Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great episode, Destin. I have to give uh, props <laughs> to, actually, everybody here. We're doing this other production. We're doing Fortnite tonight, and uh, props to Steven and CJ for all their work on that. Uh, Fran has also joined us here at IGN. Yeah. He's coming to the office. He is hosting his show, Fortnite Tonight. Nice. Uh, helping us out. Maybe we can sneak him into an episode of Fireteam Chat if he gets a moment. Uh, be sure to check that out. Steven, where can people watch and win? Um, oh, are you talking about Fortnite Tonight? Yeah. Uh, we air every Tuesday at, I believe, 4 p.m. Pacific. So yep. you can catch that. If you like Fran, but hate Fortnite, still tune in because Fran's on it. He's <laughs> <Yeah. the host. laughs> it's good yeah, to have him in the office sure. every now and then. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that is it for this episode. Thank you guys so much. And until next time, Guardians, Guardians out. out. Don't edit this out this time. We did it. <laughs> <laughs>
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.